1: Hey! Welcome to Here For It. I'm your host, Erica Muller. Each week, we'll be talking all things life, fashion and beauty, personal development, and probably some pop culture along the way as well. Here For It is your weekly space to get grounded, regroup, and be inspired to live your best life. Because really, we're all figuring it out as we go. And I'm so here for it. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Here For It. My name is Erica Muller. For anyone new around here, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. I have a really interesting episode for you guys this week all about hypnosis. I have master hypnotherapist Keely Miracle on the podcast this week, and hypnosis is something that I actually have um, experience with. I sought out hypnosis, oh gosh, probably four or five years ago at this point, to help with anxiety. I had two other friends at the time who raved about a um, hypnosis practitioner who also incorporated NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, And so I went to her for, I think, probably about six months or so. And I found hypnosis to be incredibly relaxing Um, You'll hear me ask Keely in this episode if hypnosis can be compared to like a guided meditation. And she says that she gets asked that question all the time. Um, But that was kind of my experience with it where it really does kind of feel like you're almost listening to a guided meditation. Obviously, it's very tailored to you and she'll explain in much better detail than I ever could in this episode. Um, But it's pretty interesting. And I'm also excited to bring this episode because I feel like hypnosis, there's kind of a stigma around it where I don't know that it's like always taken as seriously as I think it could be. I think there's so many like modalities out there for healing and wellness and all of these things that are backed by a lot of science. And for some reason, I think hypnosis gets a bad rap. And I think a lot of that comes from Hollywood probably and its portrayal in media. You know, you often see like a quirky doctor waving like a pendulum in front of somebody's face and then, you know, making them do weird things or like taking over their brain and it's really not like that at all. Keeley also breaks down in this episode like why and how hypnosis is so safe and that it's actually not anyone doing anything to you. You are the one in complete control throughout an entire hypnosis session and so i love that we talked about things like that um, but for more background on keely she is a two-time board certified clinical hypnotherapist she's a master neurolinguistic programming practitioner and she's also the creator of the neurointuitive method she believes healing doesn't have to be hard it just needs to be tailored And i love that so much i am a huge believer in the fact that we are all so incredibly unique and i really just do not resonate with a one-size-fits-all approach to really anything i think with everything in life what works for one person might not work for the next and the next and the next and so i love that she brings this into her work and her practice the neurointuitive method that she founded is a customizable approach that takes into account different learning styles. And so it blends hypnosis, human design, neuropsychology, and intuitive practice. And it meets each person where they're currently at because we're all at different places. And so I love that because she's incorporating all these different modalities, seeing what works for each individual person to help then connect the brain, body and energy, which allows for a lasting transformation. And so we talked a lot about so many different things in this episode, but you'll get a really deep understanding of hypnosis, what it is, why it can benefit you and why you might want to seek it out. Um, We talk about ways that you can move through different blocks you're facing and why you're even facing those blocks in your life. Um, she talks a lot about like things you should be doing, like talking out loud to yourself and why that's important. She has a little bit of a hot take on guided meditations. We talk about our the ways that our brain processes information and how in that processing, it can potentially keep us stuck in the same loop and so much more. This episode is full of so many golden nuggets. And if you're at all like me and love learning more about the way your brain works and understanding us as humans, I think you will find this episode really fascinating. So, without further ado, let's jump into this episode and I can't wait for you to meet Keely. Can you explain what hypnotherapy is and why someone might be wanting to seek it out? Okay. Um, so
0: Hypnotherapy is a form of therapy that essentially gets you into an enhanced state of relaxation. It's really useful because it activates your PNS, your parasympathetic nervous system. So it's kind of inherently somatic in that way. So it's a really helpful way to approach certain topics that your conscious mind may have gone over already or that your conscious mind may not be totally aware of. The theory of, um, one of the theories that we have in hypnotherapy is that, like, everything you see is like an externalization. So even if you're not fully aware of certain issues, they're coming up in your reality and you may not know the root. So I meet a lot of people who are, you know, highly successful in particular terms along certain lines. But um, when you ask them about certain issues, they're kind of like, "Well, this has just always been a roadblock for me. This has just always been like sort of almost like a plateau for me and I can't get past it. And then you dig a little bit deeper and it's something that's a little beneath their conscious awareness. And it's like the roadblock goes away because you're working on a deeper level. That was a <laughs> probably a more circuitous answer than what you were looking for, but. Tell me if you have any more questions about it.
1: No, that was a great answer. I'm so curious to know, um, like what causes something in the brain to, for us to not be aware of, right? Like those blocks you were talking about, how come they they show up in our reality and they show up and they show up, but we're just like, Mm -hmm. this just is there. And we have no (laughs) like understanding of why.
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, we're each doing the best that we can. Like there's so much stimuli that we're processing at all times. So the brain quite necessarily has to like, um, we call it parts. So fragmentation, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, there's so much information that you're processing at a given time that you can't possibly be aware of everything at all times, right? So things that happened to you when you were maybe younger and you didn't really have any sort of recourse, like any action that you could take, you would internalize that experience, um, internalize particular beliefs about that experience, and then not really interrogate it again, Um, just because it's, it's just there. It becomes part of your background noise. It becomes part of your normal. Like I'm sure you walk into rooms in your house, you don't notice everything in your house every single day it's part of the set like it's, it's background noise to you
1: yeah right
0: so it's like your couch you don't when you first bought that couch you probably noticed the fabric you noticed the way it was structured you're like oh there's a little pin tuck over there that's really cute that's very cool now it's just your couch so totally it becomes like like background noise to you so you just learn how to filter things out um On TikTok recently, there's been this whole, like, oh, lucky girl syndrome kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And what they're talking about is um, this kind of structure. Everything is debatable in neuroscience. I just want to start there. (laughs) There's this kind of structure called the reticular activating system. And it's all about that processing of information. And, like, you know, if you think about how it works, it would sort of connect like your conscious mind to your subconscious. (laughs) And it's all about processing like information. So when you have um, a particular mindset, you process information differently. So if you wake up when you're still in that in-between place and you're like, today is going to be a great day. I'm the luckiest girl in the world, all that. You're really setting yourself up to see information that supports that belief. So your brain is very like, your brain's very stupid, but you're not. Mm -hmm. So that's what I like to, to like drive home for my clients too. So learning how to process information in a way that really supports a particular set of beliefs is what we're doing at all times. Um, So change the belief. That's so
1: interesting. (laughs) So essentially with the reticular activating system, please correct me if I have this wrong, but it seems like whatever information we're feeding our brain, that's what kind of like activates it to go seek it out. Is that correct? So it's like your brain is constantly
0: processing information, right? So it's like, if you give yourself a particular, yeah, like a starting point for that processing, you see the information differently. You process the information differently. Like you could be um I don't know like say you say you're gonna have a great day you come across like some crazy traffic and you're just like this is if you woke up that morning and you were like already stressed or you were already thinking about the things you're gonna do you'd be stressed out by that traffic you'd Mm -hmm. be like this is the worst like I'm gonna be so late this is gonna be and then you're like If you change that belief in the morning and you're like, this is going to be a great day and everything is happening for me, you would think, oh, maybe that traffic jam is preserving me from an accident. Mm -hmm. Maybe that traffic jam is getting me to where I need to go right on time. Like, maybe, right? So you just process the same information completely differently.
1: That makes so much sense where it's looking at this minor inconvenience uh, really is actually working in my benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, You mentioned that with hypnotherapy, it can help you overcome a lot of different things. What are some of those things that it can help with? Yeah. So
0: any sort of blockage, I would say. So like anxiety, I really specialize in trauma as well. So like, you know, life's big and little traumas. (laughs) Sometimes we don't think something is a trauma. Sometimes we don't think we registered something Mm -hmm. as a trauma. It may not be a trauma to anyone else, but- Mm. It was a trauma for you. Maybe you like dropped an egg and your parent yelled at you and you were four. So you internalize that as like a big deal for you. Cause yeah. I mean, you're four <laughs> yeah. and it's, it wouldn't seem like a trauma for anyone else, but it's something that you registered as a trauma. So you may, you know, develop, it takes more than this nine times out of 10, but you may develop like this need to be perfect from like an mm-hmm. incident like that. Right. And it's something tiny. But you're not, you're not thinking about, oh, I dropped an egg when I was four. And then my dad really yelled at me and I got scared.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So, so um, things like anxiety, legs big and little traumas. Um, I do a lot of love work. That's kind of an accident, but so like love, dating, that kind of thing. I've done infertility. There's a whole list on my website if you want (laughs) more, but I'm just trying to think of like top of mind cases. Oh, and, and career stuff. So like stagnation, plateauing, that kind of thing, and respecting, like learning how to respect doing what it is that you actually want to do.
1: Mm. I love that. So it seems like there's really a wide range of ways that it can help and come into play. I'm curious Mm -hmm. on things like you mentioned infertility, um, Mm -hmm. where that seems like, Is that something that's trauma caused and that's what's happening? Or is that, um, I'm trying to like properly articulate my question, but Mm -hmm. like, that seems like something that's maybe just in the makeup of your body, but is it connected to something in your brain instead? For some people, for some people, there's a correlation. And then also,
0: I mean, if you are dealing with infertility, that can be very traumatic.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, like it's a painful experience if it's you know it's something that you want yeah Um, if we're talking about (laughs) clients who um, have dealt with their own journey with infertility and there is a root somewhere deeper um, and this is where the hypnotherapy gets a little different (laughs) um so I'm I'm the neurointuitive so I practice the neurointuitive right? So I have like standard hypnotherapy. I have um, a background in neuroscience. I have a background in a lot of trauma work, but then there's also like levels to that trauma. So sometimes it can be something intergenerational. It's not just like your lifetime. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can really like take things a little further. So I always also say that healing doesn't have to be hard, but it has to be tailored. So you can't say like standard standard wise, like that everybody, everybody's infertility isn't just genetic or biological Mm. or something like sometimes it's related to a trauma. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just like you said, genetic, biological, and sometimes people need help processing that experience as well.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Yes. I totally understand that. So (laughs) in tailoring your approach to each individual, how do you know what might work for somebody and what might not?
0: Yeah. So I am big on learning styles because mm-hmm. that tells me a lot about the way that your brain kind of processes information uh, in a just generally speaking. So that's a good place to start. Um, when I start with my one on one clients, I I really am taking note of that, mm-hmm. um, of their learning style. I also use tools like human design, sometimes astrology, which is which is included in human design. Mm-hmm. Um to really kind of see how they process information and see how they respond to the world. And all of that leads to this unique person that you are on top of your experiences, mm-hmm. right? So every experience leaves a mark on you. Um, it can be positive or it can be something you interpret as negative, but you have these experiences and they create usually fragmentation because you learn to respond, right? Okay. so. Um, when you have an experience, this usually goes this way. That's sometimes what your brain internalizes. This usually goes this way. Mm -hmm. So you start interpreting things
1: through that lens. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. You have to get to know a person to understand what they vibe with and not.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like, it's not the longest process in the world, but it's just like, it's important. I mean, for me, I can usually look at what people gravitate to and kind of assess why certain things. And that's actually kind of how I started, kind of assess how mm. certain things, why they wouldn't work for them typically, mm. or why they would. I think anything can work for you if you decide it will. But mm. you're more inclined to learn. You're more inclined to change when you have certain certain tools, certain methods, as opposed to just going one size fits all. Mm -hmm. um so like for me I have um I'm autistic and I also have ADHD so I can go to talk therapy and I did for many years like standard talk therapy which is valuable which I love but if you're a highly cerebral person you can kind of go in thought loops as opposed to actually making change like you can Mm -hmm. explain what it is that you're doing. You can know why you're doing something and not actually change the behavior. So sometimes you need something that's a little bit less conscious to help you move forward. And Mm -hmm. I found that was the case for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And so with that, I feel like that's a good segue. I know you incorporate a lot of like spirituality and Mm -hmm. intuition into your work. What made Mm -hmm. you realize that was something that was like needed in that area? I spent many many years as like a high achiever in the sort of
0: modern it's modern and traditional in sort of the modern way like you know you get the good grades you go to the best schools you study what's what's true right mm-hmm. so um for a long time i would feel completely alienated from spirituality because you know there's no scientific explanation for some of the things that are happening in our world and When you think about things in that way, it can get dismissive. Um, And I was doing everything, quote unquote, correctly. Mm. And I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I wasn't seeing the changes that I wanted. So it was like, okay, something deeper is at play here. And I just have to be open to receiving that sort of information. I have to be open to this change. It's not happening the way I can, I can calculate it exactly how I want it to happen. And it's not happening in that way. Um, So, you know, I, my undergrad, I spent a lot of time doing science courses, like just like in that sort of mindset, like this is what you do, you get your degree, you do this and you maybe go get your PhD, then what you research, you teach, whatever, right? And that's Mm. the way to be smart. That's the one way to do it right. Mm-hmm. I had to shift out of that if I actually wanted to live my life mm-hmm. so the spirituality really came and fed me at a time when things weren't making sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was all supposed to make sense but it wasn't making sense so um yeah and I did have a spiritual foundation that I really walked away from in my like preteen and teen years because it felt like, this is not smart. This is not logical. This is not.
1: Yeah. yeah. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news?
0: They absolutely do. I mean, science in the modern sense is really meant to be about discovery. It's meant Mm -hmm. to be a way to systemize knowledge, a way to accumulate knowledge and and understand and process. It's not meant to be dismissive. It's meant to be understanding. It's meant to be finding out things, finding out how things work, finding out why they work so that we can like better serve the world really. And I think that's ethically what science is about. Mm -hmm. Um, With certain forms of spirituality, which is not the same thing as religion. um, It's really, again, about finding things out. And usually it's about finding things out about yourself and about the nature of the world at large. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really beautiful. And I don't think they're opposed at all.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I will use scientific methods to help people get to know themselves better. And it's really powerful.
1: I feel um, like what you were saying in the beginning about you got to change your belief to change the external. I feel Mm -hmm. like those really uh, show an example of that, where you're starting internally with maybe more of that spirituality, asking yourself questions, Mm -hmm. and then seeing, like, okay, how do we fix it? And then you bring in more of that. The neurointuitive side. Mm -hmm. Could you walk us through an overview of kind of what a session with you looks like? What could somebody expect? Okay, so I do
0: standalone sessions, maybe like once a year for a couple of weeks. (laughs) But a standalone session with me looks like you, prior to meeting me, you have sort of like a. An intake form where you just kind of tell me what's going on, what you're seeing,
1: mm-hmm. so that I
0: can kind of backform what may be some of the beliefs supporting it. And then you come into the session with me, I talk to you a little bit, I let you tell me in your own words in real time what it you're seeing, what it is that's going on. I may hear a clue in your word, in your words, and then I may pull at that thread to see if we can get something deeper. Mm -hmm. I usually know within about five minutes where I need to start, where I need to work um, to get you moving. Um, So then we start um, eliciting the subconscious. So I have a number of ways that I would do that. Um, One of my favorites is timeline therapy. Not everybody can call up their timeline, but it's a way that is a pretty efficient overview. So you can see past, present, and then you can go into the future, but we're really focused on past and present at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, we elicit the subconscious. We go to the place where you told me was hurting. And we work from there and we start correcting some of the beliefs that are coming out. We start silencing some of the outer voices and we start amplifying your inner voice so that you can move forward properly. And you can tell me like, what are some of the, the learnings I call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you're done with that experience, we integrate it and that's a couple of steps and yeah.
1: That's so interesting. So when you say, um, like when you're going back to the event that somebody's speaking on and you're quieting mm-hmm. the voices and raising the inner voice, um, mm-hmm is it often that we've latched on to somebody else's voice and then that's what's causing our issues instead of, um, letting ours override?
0: Well, I think when you have a chronic issue, it's usually, yeah, it's, it's an accumulation of beliefs that may not necessarily be yours, mm-hmm. um, an accumulation of beliefs, decisions that may not necessarily be yours. Like, cause Really, from zero to seven, we're pretty much unconscious. We're just internalizing. We don't even acknowledge that there's contradiction sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of like throwing everything in the box. So, um, you know, the things that your mom believes, your mom has an impact on you. The thing, well, your caregivers, I'll say, your caregivers have an impact on you from those early years on. The world has an impact on you in those early years, and you don't necessarily get to pull things apart right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, background noise, it becomes the background noise, and you just take it as normal. Um, I would say that I do emphasize a lot of like, personal responsibility. And that's where some of the behavioral kind of therapy training comes in. I do emphasize a lot of like, okay, well, now what do you want to believe about this? Mm -hmm. What, what, What is your inner voice saying? Why is it saying that if it's something that you don't want anymore? Why? Let's actually understand this. So it's giving you an opportunity to like examine memories, decisions, beliefs, emotions from a place of like safety and -hmm. like just enough distance so that you can see it clearly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the beauty of doing subconscious work.
1: Yeah. So going back to your example of you drop the egg in the kitchen and you get yelled at. Um, mm-hmm. when you go back to that memory and the person is like, I feel bad because I did this and it's led to these other feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, is it sort of also retraining? Like what happened? Wasn't a bad situation. It wasn't your fault. That kind of a thing as well. Yeah, it can, it can for sure. Cause I mean, if you're a kid and you drop something
0: that's normal, if you're mm-hmm. a human and you drop something, that's totally normal. Um, you may see a little bit more of that experience. You may be like, you know, that day dad was really, really stressed. Mm. Um, dad had a bill to pay. You may have internalized something about money from that. I'm just mm. keep going with the example. Yeah. Um, Like dad was feeling really stressed because all of the bills were due and we didn't have enough. Like it may be something like that, where dad was feeling stressed because, you know, we got into a car accident and now we have to like fix the car. Dad was doing something else and I dropped this egg and it was just the one thing that set him off. He was already stressed. Um, And you may have internalized that experience as something's wrong with me. I always do something wrong. Um, I have to be perfect. Uh, I can't, handle stress or like, you know, things like that, like all these sort of beliefs. And it's like, if you were to look at it with your conscious mind, you would say, well, this makes no sense, Mm -hmm. but you feel it very deeply. And that's valid and has to be acknowledged if you want to change it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lot of what happens too, with the dismissiveness. It's like, no, you can't dismiss yourself because it's a real thing for you.
1: Mm -hmm. It may
0: not have been like the worst experience in the world. Objective wasn't good for you. Yeah. Right. So now we can change it. Now we can see it more clearly. Now we can decide what we want to take away from that experience.
1: So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, especially in regards to like that zero to seven age range you're talking about, because we don't understand the world as, you know, from the adult viewpoint. And then as we get older, we're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's so many layers to just being a human being. Of course we couldn't have understood that mm-hmm. dropping an egg was, wasn't was that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Right. And it felt it feels like the end of the
0: world when you're that little. Yeah. Like, you literally can't even recall too much of what's going on in a day-to-day basis because that processing in your mind, that's, those structures haven't developed fully.
1: So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> I love this stuff. It's just, like, my brain tries to understand so much of, like, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to do it. Right. I'm glad you are. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. It seems like there tends to be a little bit of a stigma around hypnosis where, Mm -hmm. you know, in movies, they're swinging a little pendulum in front of your face or, you know, it seems very scary because you're giving up your control and trusting somebody with your brain and whatever they're influencing into it. Um, I'm sure those are over exaggerations, but. How do you Mm -hmm. tell people um, this is safe? Well, I am huge on consent.
0: So um, there's like several checkpoints um, before you even get to me, like in terms of working with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's for your safety. Like there's certain, because, okay. So the science on this is still iffy. But generally okay. speaking, we, we know that you need to see something seven times for it to really make an impact. Yeah. Right. So there's several points where you're being asked. And then in the session, really what I am is sort of like an enhanced tour guide to your subconscious. I've been in so many that I know where the landmines usually are so I can help you navigate. And it's all self guide I mean, it's all um, directed by you you're telling me where to go with your words. You're telling me where to go with what you say you want to work on. So it's really all directed by the client. And it's so important to have consent in the moments. So there's several checkpoints within the session. There's several checkpoints within the experience for you to remain safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think you have to cultivate a sense of safety with like your manner. Um, I'm not there to do anything to you. I'm there to do something with you and mm. for you mm. right So a lot of the old sort of depictions of hypnosis are are very odd very about mind control. Mm. nobody can do that to you. Okay. you have to consent mm. even when you're like again processing even if you're like watching the news and there you being influenced you have to consent oh interesting yeah you're right hey <laughs> just saying, you have to consent right so when we're doing subconscious work nobody's trying to and we also have like ethics like we also, oh, of course like, of course yeah, <laughs> yeah like we have to like we have to like you know swear on our firstborn that like <laughs> we're not gonna like try to mind control you or, or do anything harmful to you but we can't do that that's the point mm-hmm. um it's really, you're guiding the experience by like, you're telling me, okay, well, this has been a problem for me. Okay, well, let's see where this problem is stemming from. Mm -hmm. And let's go there together. And I can help you navigate it. Um, Yeah. And I think there's also confusion between clinical hypnotherapy and show hypnotism. Okay, they're very different things. So you know, people get the oh, well, I went to a theater and they made us cluck like a chicken. Yeah. First of all, no one can make you do anything again. You consent.
1: Um, Second of
0: all, (laughs) totally different things. Like, you know, when I'm doing hundreds of hours of trauma training, I'm really not going to make you cluck like a chicken with that. Like, that's just not a good use of my time or yours. Right. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe could be fun.
0: But you know, you would
1: go to show just for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good for people to know because I think just the way the media has portrayed hypnotherapy in the mm-hmm. past, um, it does seem very like, what is this? Is it safe? Can people control me? So I love that mm-hmm. there's all these consent checkpoints and that really the client is the one leading the session. I think that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I, I think. If you make it to the point where you are in front of a hypnotherapist, I would hope that you're really there because you're willing to solve the problem that you're bringing. Mm-hmm. And I think most people are by the time, you know, cause it's an investment. Like you have to really yeah. take yourself seriously. And the, the hypnotherapist is there to take you seriously as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there then once you're outside of a session, sort of like homework that a client then needs to do, or is everything done within a session? I ask people to journal because I think it's an important good, uh, an important use of, um,
0: your time and a good way to ratify your change because you will see things change. And then again, the background noise thing happens. Mm. It becomes normal once it settles in. Right. So it's important for you to know where you were and where you've come. Mm. So, um, yeah. I think I have containers that are more extensive where I'm working with someone more frequently and there's assignments, but if like a standalone session. I really am asking you to just take a note,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: observe yourself, spend time with yourself. I would say 10 to 15 minutes a day, just spend time with yourself for those first couple of weeks and see what changes for you. Because mm-hmm. once you're willing to see one thing differently, everything else shuffles around.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've also heard that hypnotherapy, the process of it feels a lot like a guided meditation. Is that accurate? Okay. So I get this a lot. Um, The
0: feeling, like the sensation, can be similar. Um, I would Mm -hmm. say having an individual there is very helpful because they can fish you out of your loops. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people will do guided meditation and... um. Sometimes there's none of the, you know, let me ratify my change. There's none of the like kind of focus on integration, focus on what's shifting. And then there's also not someone who can help you out of your thought patterns. Mm. Um, You have to really, really be available for guided meditation. Like you really Mm -hmm. have to sit there and surrender. And that's difficult for some people. Um, Mm -hmm. And then again, if you're already thinking in one way, That shift, sure, you can have a moment where it hits you like a bolt of blue, and that's fantastic. I've had many of those moments because I Mm -hmm. really surrender when I'm meditating. Um, But in terms of having something that shows up in your reality frequently, um, having something that registered as a trauma, I Mm -hmm. don't think they're similar Mm -hmm. because I think you, you do need some assistance in that way, like some support. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you a fan of meditation then or not? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I just don't think, I think everybody has, there's a lot of skewed depictions of meditation as well. Um, And meditation is different for everyone. Not everybody is like able to really sustain a seated experience for meditation like not everybody's going to be able to to lay there for 10 minutes and you know really Mm -hmm. surrender um Mm -hmm. and something is probably happening on a deeper level and that's why it takes time and that's why you you really have to like start to dedicate yourself to the practice but not everybody is inclined to do that um also meditation for some people you know Anything can be meditative for you. It just means that, again, you're quieting down some of the conscious mind and you're really tapping into pleasure, receptivity, um, that level of calm. And you may do that dancing. You may do that running. You You may be moving. But a lot of people think meditation has to be a particular way where it's like, okay, well, now I have to lay there for 15 minutes. I have to be absolutely silent. My brain has to shut off. And I'm just going to like, you know, there's like a fantasy going on Um, and it's not, it takes a level of discipline. It can take a level of, um, it takes a level of willingness. Um, It takes a structure and some people, their brain is not inclined to do things in a particular way. So
1: yeah. Yeah. I asked because I'm a huge meditation fan too, but mm-hmm. it took me a really long time to figure out which like mode of meditation yep. works for me. So I totally understand that. Yeah. And, and
0: yeah, there's so much value in it,
1: but it takes, mm-hmm.
0: again, not everybody is going to take the time.
1: Yeah. It be beca- for me, it became a sort of a non-negotiable once yes. I found a version that works for me mm-hmm. I can truly feel the difference in the way my day flows if mm-hmm. I take those 15 minutes in the morning versus if I don't mm-hmm. um, and once I started realizing that I was like this is happening yes <laughs> like it has to happen and yeah.
0: that's that RAS work whether you realize it or not because you're activating the subconscious oh and you're changing mm the way you want to look at things you're changing the lens like yeah Mm. yeah so it's powerful I just I just know how we're structured in this world
1: (laughs) I know yeah some things aren't set up for ease (laughs) I wish they were okay (laughs) understatement (laughs) affirmations Mm -hmm. are you big on affirmations yeah okay Yeah. You find those are effective at helping you change those beliefs. Yes. I, I think
0: like, I encourage everyone to uh, look as crazy as possible because it keeps you very sane. So talk to yourself, Mm. genuinely talk to yourself, have conversations with yourself, Um, ask yourself questions and affirm Like what
1: kind of questions.
0: Okay. So I have three questions that I really love and they're, the neurointuitive method three, but just for short, um, when I'm in any situation or it doesn't even need to be a situation, I'm just present. I like Mm -hmm. to ask like, what is happening right now without anybody else's input without any past sort of stories, what's happening right now. And then Mm -hmm. I ask and I, I get my answer. I let my inner voice kind of supply my answer. Then I let my inner voice supply the answer. I'm looking around, I'm letting the true self speak. And then I ask, like, am I satisfied with what's going on? Because that's my, that's my like signature in human design. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a generator. So it's like, I have to be satisfied. Am I satisfied with what's going on? Yes or no? Because I can ask myself yes or no questions. And if I get a no, I'm just going to ask why that is. I'll ask, okay, if I were willing to, things can always get better. You can be satisfied. You can be happy. You can be present. You can be whole, and you still can be available for more. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I will ask, if I were available for a more satisfactory outcome, what would I need to know or do? And that's mm-hmm. I can ask that regardless of whether my answer to the second question of if I was satisfied was a yes or a no, because I'm available for more. Mm-hmm. So if I were willing. to experience a more satisfactory present, if I were willing to experience a more satisfactory future outcome, whatever, Mm -hmm. what would I need to know or do? Let my inner voice speak.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. So talk to yourself.
1: I love that. (laughs) And do you think problems, um, I don't want to call them problems, but I guess they are problems, like um, procrastination you mentioned or self-sabotage, things like that. Mm Can all that stuff be overcome, do you think?
0: Yeah, fully believe it. Yeah, because I think self-sabotage is usually just a protective strategy. So what are you trying to protect yourself from? Once you know that and you sort that out, it's a lot easier to move forward.
1: That's so interesting because I think self-sabotage usually happens in areas of things um, that we're wanting, right? Mm -hmm. We want the better career. So why would we sabotage that? Well, what would that require of you? What would that, you know,
0: it's, Mm. if you were to be successful, what do you think people would think of you? If you were to be successful, Mm. how would you feel about yourself? What have you seen of success in the world? Um, There's a lot of people who do like bad things with their success. So you may think, well, you're subconsciously correlating it with bad things. So Mm. sorting those problems out, you feel freer to move. I think a lot of women especially experience a lot of guilt for craving success in external forms or mm-hmm. um, feeling like they have to achieve in external forms to be like worthy. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of beliefs supporting that as a problem. Um, yeah. And when you self-sabotage, you are trying to keep things the same. So remember that kind of concept of background noise
1: Mm. Like things would change because we're comfortable with this certain background. yeah right yeah,
0: even if you're okay. uncomfortable, you'll tell yourself that you're comfortable because again, brain is stupid, you are not. Yeah. So a lot of people get stuck in the same place because they're afraid of what it requ- yeah. what it will require. and then eventually they get pushed into change and it's usually not for the better, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, the experience of it, you'll come out better. But like the experience of it will be turmoil because it's like you've avoided it up until this
1: point and yeah. you can't anymore. It's in a lot of ways very comforting to hear that like really all of this seems like it stems from a belief mm-hmm. or a set of beliefs mm-hmm. because knowing you can change a belief mm-hmm. feels like you could change anything. I believe that too.
0: I think everybody's like so magical
1: like you can
0: literally just change your reality like I think everybody is super duper magical so it's like once you like get to know yourself and you like start working with that you don't want yourself to be other you want yourself to be exactly who you are and it's fullest truest Mm -hmm. expression and you like that person you love that person you want the Mm -hmm. best for that person in
1: every way like yeah everything changes it just takes like a commitment to that new yes. way of being.
0: Yeah. And like, sometimes you will be scared
1: and that's totally natural because it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. If someone is interested in hypnosis, but maybe they don't have access to you or mm-hmm. access to someone around them, what are some tools or resources you would uh, recommend? Okay. Um,
0: so I do have like a, a public library where people can like listen to hypnosis. Um, okay. I also have a product suite where people can purchase hypnosis tracks related to specific issues. Cause again, okay. those beliefs supporting it. Um, I would recommend again, like that kind of any sort of subconscious work can foster those sorts of changes. Um, when you're learning how to do hypnotherapy, you have to do a lot of practice hours. So, if somebody's willing to do that, you may be able to find free or, or low cost hypnotherapy um, in that way. Yeah, I think anything that really stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system, so things like breath work, things like meditation, that will help you build a different baseline. And that's a great place to start for anyone right? Mm-hmm. So once you have more capacity for things to be different, once you have more capacity for like, once you start regulating your nervous system, because people like to say that a lot <laughs> without like telling people how to do it. Um, yeah. Once you start regulating your nervous system, okay, by just like stimulating that sort of calm, stimulating that baseline through activation of the parasympathetic nervous system, you can make a lot of changes in that space. Um, affirmation work, breath work again, meditation, talking to yourself, asking yourself questions and not being afraid of the answer. That's where Mm -hmm. everything starts. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah, I think everything is a decision for people and you don't need hypnosis to do that. It's a very, very helpful aid, Mm -hmm. but I would just recommend everybody just starting to get to know yourself without judging who you are. And then, yeah.
1: Thank you so much for being here today and for this conversation. Can you please let everybody know where they can find you or get in touch with you? Yeah. So I am
0: at Keely Miracle on everything. So Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, uh, my old medium account, <laughs> um, keelymiracle.com or the neurointuitive.com will take you to the same place. You can always reach out to me there. Uh, I invite you to join me for an open office hour. Um, I do those once a month and it's five people. So everybody gets a little bit of attention and we can sort of talk about what hypnotherapy would look like for you. Um, You can also always book a private consultation with me.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
1: This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.